I want to take just a little bit of time. This is the, the Christmas season, as we know, and I won't be very long at this point, uh, but this is that time of year where we, we do the things that we do, gifts and shopping and, and, and all of that, and uh, we know by now that if we're not careful, we can uh, get distant, uh, pulled away from the Christ that is the emphasis of Christmas. I think about a story that was told about a very sharp five-year-old boy named Billy uh, who had got his Christmas presents and he was excited about them and he was showing them to his grandmother and she was excited for him. And so she asked him, she said, Billy, did you get everything that you wanted for Christmas? He thought for a moment before he answered and he said, no, I didn't, Grandma, but that's okay. It wasn't my birthday. Again, this was a sharp little boy. At heart, Billy was on the same page as the wise men that we hear so much about this time of year who visited Jesus. And if we're going to put the Christ in Christmas from the heart, we need to align ourselves with those men with respect to the pattern that they demonstrated in terms of their approach to Jesus Christ. And we can look at this in Matthew chapter 2 and verse 11, where the Bible says, And when they were come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now, contrary to a lot of fiction today, uh, these wise men were not simple men. Uh, they were not ordinary men. They were members of a priestly class in Persia, and they were experts in astronomy and astrology. Uh, these were men who were very intimate with the Old Testament prophecies about the promised Messiah. So these were not men who were just aimlessly roaming around uh, just looking for something. They knew exactly who they were looking for. They were looking for Emmanuel, which is being interpreted God with us. And they knew that. And that is evident in their approach. Notice what they did. They fell down and worshiped him. Would you notice that these brilliant men, these scholarly men, these adult people took a posture of humility and worship to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Jesus Christ. And because they knew who he was and what his birth meant, they presented three meaningful gifts. And the order at which we see these gifts presented to us in Scripture was and is very intentional. Gold represented his divinity and royalty. He was God and he was king. Frankincense represented the pleasant fragrance of his perfect, sinless humanity. And myrrh represented the sufferings that he would eventually endure for you and for me. 
That was the order, and that's exactly how it worked out. Before long, many of us are going to find ourselves uh, stressed, probably, shopping, attending gatherings, planning gatherings, and all the things that come with this time of year. And in doing so, we can so easily miss what Billy, little five-year-old Billy, and what the wise men understood. We can miss what Christmas is really about. We can miss the Christ in Christmas. It is about God who became a man in the person of Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life and went to the cross to do what you and I could never do in 10,000 lives, and that is satisfy the sin debt that we're all born with. He paid for it in full. And there are only two proper responses to that. Only two. Number one is to receive the greatest gift that has ever been offered and received by anyone. And that gift is eternal life. Gift cards, sweaters, electronic devices, all the temporal things that are typically exchanged during this time of year, they all have a shelf life. They do. Those things do not last forever. But your soul, my soul, they will last forever somewhere. The second thing is after receiving that gift, like the wise men, we humble ourselves before the King of kings and Lord of lords. We humble ourselves before him and worship him with our lives, with our whole lives, full devotion. This means that he is worthy of your devotion and mine all the days before December 25th and all the days after it. It's not just one day. He's not just a one-day king. He's not just a one-day Lord. He is king and Lord 24-7, 365. But that starts with receiving the gift that He is offering to you at this very moment, eternal life. That is the greatest gift ever offered. It is the greatest gift that can ever be received. With love on his mind, with love in his heart for you, Jesus Christ died for your sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. And that gift has your name on it. It's personal. It's personal. And it can only be received, not earned. The exchange is not that gift in exchange for your very best in the flesh, your good deeds, your good works, your religion, your denomination. That's not the exchange. It is simply your recognition that in your sinful state, 
you are truly, and you know this, you are truly incapable of doing anything to mend the gap that exists between you and a God who is holy, holy, holy. A God who is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. The only way to close that gap is the Lord Jesus Christ, who came to close the gap for you and for me, and that you are placing your faith in His death, burial, and glorious resurrection alone, nothing else. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says it this way, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, lest any man should boast. No one makes it to heaven because they were good enough, because they were religious enough, because they were smart enough, they were somehow impressive enough. I'm not a scholar, I'm not a deep guy, but something that has been profound for me and has kind of set me free in many respects, is that there's nothing that I could ever do to impress God. What could that possibly be? Like this is one of the things that's very comical about people who become very inflated with their knowledge of the Bible and how much they know, as if God is impressed with that. He wrote it. I mean, he knows more than you'll ever know in a million lives, right? No, they make it because they said yes to the gift of God. Can I tell you, the greatest Christmas that I ever personally experienced was on June the 6th of 1994 in Raytown, Missouri, around 10 p.m. You say Christmas is in December, Well, if you know your Bible, you know that that's not true. (laughs) But if we're talking about Christmas and how we typically look at that, let me tell you what the the, the best Christmas that I ever experienced. It was on that, that night when a man by the name of Dave Hill sat me down at his kitchen table and he explained the gospel to me that Jesus Christ came to this earth died in my place, was buried, and rose again the third day. I had heard that story my whole life. I was 22 years old. But that night, for the first time, I recognized that it was personal. That Jesus Christ, when he went to the cross, had Kenny Morgan on his mind and on his heart. That this wasn't just a story out there. That this wasn't just a religious story. This was my story. That he died in my place. That he did it for my soul. This was personal. And that night, by faith, I received the greatest gift that anyone could ever receive eternal life. I was born again, saved. And if that's not your story, here's the wonderful news. Today, it can be. As a matter of fact, it is his heart for that to be your story today. 
If you're here this morning, that's not your story, I want you to know that you are sitting in a room of people who love you, myself included. We love you with the love of Christ, and, and you're here because we love him, and we love you that we want to share this incredible news with you, because we want you to be a recipient of the greatest gift that we've received. It would be remiss of us to withhold this information from you and not share it with you. Romans chapter 10 and verse 9 puts it this way, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. That is the promise, that is the surety of Scripture. So if this has not been your story up until today, I've got incredible news for you. It is being offered to you, just like it was offered to me June the 6th, 1994, and it changed my life. And it is changing my life. It didn't just change my eternal trajectory. It's changing my life as I stand here this morning. And so what I want to do is I want to give you an opportunity. We're going to put a prayer on the screen. If you've never personally embraced the gift of God through the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ for your sins. This is an opportunity for you to do that. This prayer alone is nothing more than words if they are uttered intellectually. But if they are uttered from your heart, from your mouth to his ears, the wonderful news is today will be your day of salvation. So what we're going to do is, in unison, we're going to read this prayer out loud. And it just might be that for you, this is the first time that you've personally come face to face with the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ for you. And so from your heart, through your mouth, you are genuinely crying out to him during this time. And if that's you, we don't want to embarrass you. You don't have to stand up or come up and talk to me. But I would just encourage you, the person who invited you, would you just talk with them and share with them? And then from there, um, I'll find out and I'll find a way to come and celebrate with you. Deal? Okay. So I said deal. Nobody said anything. <laughs> oh, okay. Did, did I hear you say something? Okay. Sorry. You didn't say anything? A little, okay, but it, it wasn't, you, you were just clearing your throat. Okay, you weren't, you, okay, all right, I love you, you know that. Okay, can we, uh, in unison, and I will pray after we read it, one, two, three, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart and am confessing with my mouth that you died for my sins, was buried, and rose again the third day. By faith, I received the gift of God that you purchased for me in your name. Amen. Father in heaven, from our hearts, we say thank you for coming to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ and dying for our sins, being buried and raising again on the third day according to the scriptures. Thank you for doing what we could not do for ourselves. We glorify you and we worship you 
in Jesus' name, amen.